Hey there, and welcome to episode 13 of the All For Us podcast. So tonight, I'm going to be talking about the shadow and our inner child. Now, so far, I have talked about self-improvement, sort of mental health, sort of very much about the journey of self-development and sort of getting your life in order, I suppose you could say, couldn't you, for want of a better phrase. And it's very much focused on the positive and harnessing our good qualities, being a good person, being kind, you know, trying to show up your best in relationships and connecting back to your roots. And, you know, that's probably a good summary of most of the episodes, really. Now, this episode is probably going to be a little bit dark, and a little bit more sort of nuance really and a little bit more taboo subjects but I think that's you know that that's part of life and you know it's a subject that I'm passionate about it's a subject that I've done a lot of work on and I feel like it's something that needs shared and talked about and sort of like vulnerabilities you know vulnerabilities are what bring us closer and, you know, as soon as you try and seem perfect, you make yourself instantly unrelatable to others. And as soon as you open up about your flaws or a weakness, suddenly people will be like, oh, you know, I can relate to that. And it creates a better platform for a deeper connection and true understanding. And also, paradoxically, more trust. Because if you're open about your flaws and you embrace them, people realise that they can trust you because... You're gonna tell them the facts of life, you know, the harsh realities of life about yourself, and they'll probably trust that you'll say about themselves as well, and they'll come to you for more sort of reliable advice. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm going off on a bit of a ra- random rant there. Um, so the shadow. I think we all know deep down that we are all capable of hurting others. I think you'd be false if you said you weren't. And we have all got parts of our personality that we aren't necessarily proud of or we perhaps hide or try to, you know, diminish or, you know, sweep under the rug. But essentially that isn't our true self because we can't just live our life in denial trying to amp up the kindness or throw it down everyone's faces that we're this nice, happy, positive person all the time because, you know, it's just not sustainable. Everything in life, I believe, is about balance and about integration and about acceptance and about understanding our whole selves and what we are capable of. And anything that isn't truly felt or channeled is being suppressed. And you'll realise what I've talked about in the past about suppressing things. If you suppress something, you are essentially keeping it pressed down when it wants to come out. So that could be anger. It could be an inner sort of resentment or a jealousy that you felt. It could be a shame or a, or a mild hate towards something or someone. Um, but you aren't truly facing that and, and accepting the reasons for that and digging deeper. 
Now, this isn't me authorising everyone to go around being angry and hating people and being jealous. This isn't that at all. It's about understanding the root and channeling those emotions in different ways. So again, I'm not telling everyone to go around being angry just to get out anger and, and stop it from being suppressed. I'm telling you to be aware of it first, because like anything in life, awareness is the first step to rectifying anything or getting on the right path. Because if you aren't aware of something, then you're blind to it. So, yeah, Carl Jung um, talks about integration of the shadow. Now, anything that triggers us in another can reveal something about ourselves. Anything that annoys us about another person, we have to accept that we are also capable of that same annoyance. And perhaps even denying it to some extent, hence why it's triggering us in the first place. Because if something didn't bother us in the slightest because we knew that it had no part of us or we weren't like that it, we, would, we would just probably let it go and it wouldn't affect us whereas if something grinds your gears could this be perhaps that it's a mirror to your subconscious self somehow you know maybe there's something in you that's a bit of a gossip that you're not releasing maybe there's something in you that's a little bit angry and you're just denying it um you know, there's these questions in life that are quite important for self sort of introspection, I would say. So, you know, I'm going to tell you a little story about my life. So I grew up and, you know, I'm not going to go into detail. I think it's wrong for me to go into too much detail. But, you know, maybe I've seen a bit of anger um, growing up. And, you know, I'm not saying that's... You know, I'm not saying who's right or wrong with anything like that. I'm just saying maybe I've seen some anger... Um, and perhaps I grew up and thought, well, no, I don't want to be angry. That's the wrong way to be. I don't want my life. I don't want to be angry. I see that as a weakness. And angry is like letting the circumstance win. Um, so I've obviously grew up feeling as though the answer to anger is to be stoic. And don't get me wrong, stoicism is great. It can help you put a better perspective on things, can make you realise that, you know, it's the circumstances and not my internal reaction that matters. Inter well, in well, I've kind of butchered that, but what I mean by that is the circumstances are what are, and it's your reaction to them that is ultimately what you're in control of. You're not in control of the rain or the weather, you know, the weather. You're not in control of being late in, in traffic, but you're in control with how you react. So I guess stoicism for me has been like that sort of lesson where it's kind of like, well, I don't have to get angry. I can just ride, you know, sort of um, almost just accept it and just blow it out and just take a deep breath and, and conquer it. And that is fine. I agree with that. I'm still very much on that path. But it's about understanding that that anger it doesn't go anywhere. It still stays in you. And eventually, if you keep on doing that, it'll get out and it'll get a big blowout and it'll it'll manifest like any other trapped emotion as chronic chronic pains or, you know, some other way through the body. So it's about accepting that and being aware of it. So I, over the last maybe few months, I've been aware of a few little things where I've just been feeling a little bit knocked, a little bit kind of uh, snappy, a little bit sort of... I don't know, like just a little bit like, um, 
a little bit of a vicious side, really. Like, nothing to worry about or not like that, but just, like, snapping at people and, and maybe, like, sort of getting a bit sort of knocked off with my dog if it's done something wrong, like... And again, like, nothing that, you know, needs, you know, shouted out about or all like that. You don't need to ring, like, animal protection or all like that, but, you know, just little things that I'm aware of and... I know that it's because of something bubbling over the surface and, and I wasn't sort of channeling these emotions into something productive. Coincidentally, it went in, in along with the, uh, like a period of time where I wasn't writing as many poems. And I know you think like poems, how is that expressing anger? But for me, poems are a form of expressing my emotions into a little gift to serve others. Um, and it kind of like channels like a lot of emotions into like a just sort of form of self-expression really. Um, so yeah, it did go hand in hand with that, but also like, you know, it was it was based at a time where I wasn't didn't have any real, what I would say, animalistic vent. So whether that's like boxing or, you know, some kind of like adrenaline thrill of a sort of exercise, whether that's like, as I say, something like fighting or just punching a punch bag or running into um you know like playing rugby or something like that like I grew up playing rugby and I think that was a big part of my life like that expression that sort of getting out a lot of trapped energy um so yeah having that awareness of the anger that I was suppressing because I thought you know I don't want to be like that in my life anger's a, a bad thing and now sort of over the last couple of months I've integrated it into my life channeling it through you know, I do, like, dancing in the kitchen, like, proper good, like, sort of expressive dancing, like, where you're moving your body so much and, like, getting rid of all the energy. I do some rope work where I'm, like, spinning this rope. Um, yeah, it's like an exercise with the rope, and it's just, like, really aggressive. You can get aggressive with it and let it all out. It's kind of just letting the steam out of your kettle, if that makes sense. And... Yeah, it's just recognising that and coming up with a practice that's going to channel this emotion. So, yeah, it's it's about integrating the dark side that you have within your personality and not suppressing it. Because if you suppress it, you are ultimately denying it. So, yeah, become aware of little triggers that you're getting throughout the day. Is there any little things that you feel as though you're trying to put a lid on and suppressing? What pisses you off in other people? That you could perhaps look at and think, is this any? Is this a little mirror here? Can I look at anything within myself that I'm maybe not expressing in some way? Or what am I getting annoyed at in other people that you know I can take a closer look on? And I think that's where journaling helps. You know, if you make it like a little journal at the end of the day or the start of the day, and just write your thoughts down, it's only little things like that, like little in- intro- introspection, that helps you kind of stop in the moment and think, oh yeah, I wonder what is going on there, you know, I wonder why I'm feeling like that, um, could it because, you know, m- you know, one of my parents were like that growing up, so I've kind of like went the opposite way and trying to suppress it or something, um, so yeah, if we look at every aspect of ourselves, there's also a shadow side of that aspect, so if you look at somebody who is you know, so if we look at somebody who's a people pleaser or somebody who's like a, like a caring person and they are what we call like an empathic person, 
you look at the surface and you think, oh, you know, very caring, very, you know, very people pleaser, very selfless. There's a shadow side of that. And what part of them are they suppressing to try and please other people, to manipulate people's opinions of themselves because they get their safety needs met by giving to others? So think about that carefully, right? If somebody is a people pleaser, they feel as though their safety needs only get met by giving to other people. And essentially, pleasing everyone all the time is essentially manipulating people's opinion of them of you. So you don't trust how they feel about you, so you feel like you have to please them all the time. So it's like almost forcing them to, f- to feel a certain way about you. Now that sounds quite harsh, that. So you might be thinking, oh God, you know, people pleasers and, and caring people are just caring, they're just doing selfless things. But look beneath the surface, right? If somebody is constantly over-exaggerating being a people pleaser or being caring, what are they ultimately suppressing? And why should they need to manipulate and, and channel around other people's opinions of them? So just think about it. Um... You know, I don't want to sound nasty by saying that because I know there's a lot of caring people in the world and all I would say is just look, every exaggerated trait comes with a shadow. Think about that. Every exaggerated trait comes with a shadow. Now, if you look at the scale between the empath and the narcissist, yeah, two opposite ends of the scale, the empath, give, the empath gives so they, their needs are met and the narcissist takes so that their needs are met. They're both on opposite ends of the scale, but they're both doing those things to get their needs met, both to feel safe. So we're all on the scale between a narcissist and an empath. Somewhere along that scale we lie. Now, look at the narcissist. They get banished within society. They get told, oh, they're absolutely just selfish and they're, you know borderline sociopaths or whatever you get called for a narcissist if you have some narcissistical traits look at those traits and explore them right why do you think you're like that is there anything that you can see and channel that into good so you might be quite selfish or you might be quite sort of dog eat dog or you might be quite like you know all about yourself, you you go into circumstances quite transactionally, what am I going to get? If you find that that's your default state, look at that and think, don't, don't sort of banish it. Think to yourself, how can I channel this into a good thing? Like, you could be really more, you could be like a motivational speaker, you could be like a leader, you could be somebody who, you know, makes it really high up in the workplace. Um... You know, you could channel it in a good way. It's not necessarily about banishing those traits. And it's not about pigeonholing you and saying you're a narcissist or anything like that. I think people put themselves in boxes, but we're all on a scale. We're all somewhere between being an empath and a narcissist. You know, narcissistical traits, empathic traits. You know, we've probably all got a little bit of both if if we're perfectly honest. And it's about channeling those things into the best and not banishing either side. You know, so don't go too far to be an empath to the point where you're manipulating people's opinions of yourself and banishing any dark sides and don't try to suppress any narcissistical traits you've got try to channel them in a productive way
Um, yeah, so ultimately, if you find yourself a people pleaser, try and set firmer boundaries with people in your life. Feel as though you don't need to please people to get them to think a certain way about you. You are okay as you are, and if you might need to set firmer boundaries with people so that you don't feel like you have to please them all the time, you're better off being honest with them rather than telling them a lie and you know, committing to something you don't really want to do just to please somebody because that's just going to drain you and then ultimately long term you're going to end up resenting that person because you're doing something you don't really want to do to please somebody else but then secretly on the lowdown you're going to resent them and that happens a lot in, in so many circumstances with friendship circles, relationships. You're best off being honest, right? Even if you might your honest side might be a little bit more narcissistical than empathic, you're better off being brutally honest and set firm boundaries in your relationships because people will respect you more and you'll find you've got a closer connection. Because if you're connected to somebody through a false lens of, you know, being empathic or being, you know, people pleaser, you're not going to be connecting with them with your true authentic self because it's, it's, it's false. It's not your true integrated, balanced, balanced self. So, yeah. Good doesn't become better by being exaggerated. It becomes worse. And a small amount of evil becomes big when it's suppressed. The shadow is part of human nature. And it's only at night when shadows don't exist. <laughs> That's just a quote by Carl Jung. And he talks about the integration of the shadow. And I think it's pretty much similar to what I've just been talking about. About don't suppress or deny any part of us. You know, explore that the fact that you yourself are flawed. You yourself are capable of being a monster. You are. You are, eh? You just you are. I'm not sort of saying you know that in a in a bad bad way to say that everyone is capable of doing like malicious, like you know, really terrible terrible things. But there's a part of you that's capable of hurting somebody. There's a part of you that's capable of being a bad person. But look at those sides of you, and see how you can channel them. See how you can not suppress them fully and deny them by trying to come across as perfect. Um, you know, have you had an angry father and now you're trying to suppress that side of you? Are you sort of, have you got some kind of gossipy nature in you that you're trying to, su to suppress, but you feel as though you need to vent somehow? Um, you know, because don't get me wrong, going back to how we were cavemen, we all bonded over gossip. Gossip was a part of our lives. It made us feel connected to somebody. You know, when two people are gossiping, it's part of how we are wired. You know, I'm not promoting going around bitching about folk around like that but it's understanding a gossipy nature is part of connecting to other people and and yeah just don't suppress these things fully um yeah let's have a look just look on my notes this is another good quote i quite liked and it's about the you know about suppressing things and about understanding that we all are sort of we all have got angry tendencies within us Anger is an emotion that needs to be felt and, you know, we evolved from apes. We've all got animalistic tendencies within us that need expressed. So you'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. So you'd rather have the ability to attack and not need it than 
be somebody who hasn't got that ability and he needs it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess that one is something you have to ponder over and just think of what that could mean to you. And I know Jordan Peterson says a good one about, you know, you're better off being somebody who is capable of being a monster, but you can discipline that than somebody who is just like... Um, you know, like a sheep. So I think that was I think I've, that was a better one. Was it? Don't be a sheep. You're better off being a wolf who is able to curb his anger. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something about that that really kind of resonates with the ability to know that you are capable of being flawed, but you can sort of channel it in a productive way. Let's have a look. What else have I got? Yeah, it's it's almost like that discipline, isn't it? It's like that disciplined ability to make the best from any flaws that you have. Now, I'm going to go on to talking about the inner child. Now, the inner child is, is linked to the shadow, really, because it's something that we are, you know, it's something beneath the surface. It's something that we are essentially trying to suppress. And again, it, it shows up in relationships. So that can be with your friends, family, partners, you know, work colleagues. And essentially it's looking at our, our needs. We all have core needs as humans. And it's understanding are those core needs being met. So what needs do you have in your relationships that you are not getting met? Or you don't feel like they are being met? And you might be sort of low-key resenting people because they aren't being met so is there any triggers that you've got within relationships it could be something that like gets over exaggerated but you can't understand why so it could be every time your partner doesn't do the dishes you get absolutely really angry and you end up like just resenting them and it goes escalates to something it needn't of over a smaller thing could that be something that triggers a memory from your past, from when you were grown up, that something along the lines of when a chore didn't get done, you, you were made to feel as though you had to be perfect, or, you know, could it be triggering something from your past that is then getting over-exaggerated in your current relationship? Could it be something like, whenever your partner turns up late, you really get triggered by that, and it really offends you, you know, what is the deeper within that that you could explore? Is there anything that your inner child is surfacing its head through that could give you a message from your past as to why that may be, as to how you were brought up? You know, were you brought up in a world where you had to be perfect, where you were never told you were proud of, where you didn't feel loved, or you, or you weren't told you were loved or, or held or, you know, give a hug to? Um, and maybe your partner has done something where you sort of... You know, your partner's maybe done something, you know, I keep saying partner because it's just easy to sort of say this is the common thing, but it could be anything, a friend or a, or a family member or anything or a colleague, where they've done something and it's maybe just been an oversight, but you have reacted by flipping, right? You've absolutely flipped. Now, ask yourself what that made you feel. Did that make you feel unloved? Did it make you feel unappreciated or unseen? Those are generally what it tends to come down to. So any act that triggers us, 
we feel unloved, we feel unheard, or we feel unseen. And sometimes it can be such a small thing that has triggered us. And that is our inner child coming out because our our needs are not being met. So what needs do you think you have in your relationships that are being highlighted through your partner or through your friends that you feel are not being met? And how can you communicate that to them? Because communication is just, you know, it's what can we have without communication? I mean, to sit down and analyse these things and say, look, you know, I've just blew my, you know, blew my rocks off just because of this. Or, you know, I've just absolutely lost it. But there's a reason for that. Because when you do that, I feel not seen or I feel unloved. And it's probably because it triggers something from my childhood. Um, so, you know, let's work with this. Let's talk about it like adults and you know both get to know each other's inner child in a relationship i think that's so so important and have an understanding of that um yeah i think inner child work is a really really good thing and also branching off from that these needs that we have within relationships, how can we meet those needs ourselves? Yeah? So maybe in a time where you don't feel your relationship is nurturing you, maybe your partner's really busy or something and they're going through a period where they're changing jobs or, you know, they've got a lot on, they've maybe got a lot on with family and, and your needs are not being met. Um, or even at a time when everything is going smoothly and there's some need that you aren't getting met. How can you meet that need yourself? How can you self-soothe, okay, self-love, and realise that you've got everything that you need within your own mind and within your own soul? And, you know, it's so, so important because if we are continuously always needy, then that can create a dynamic within our relationships where, you know, it can cause problems. So it's a it's a fine balance. It's like everything. It's integration. Integrating your inner child in communication with your partner, but also meeting your own needs as well. You know, it's it's not a, an attractive quality when you are so, so needy within a relationship because it's about self-supporting and also meeting that partner in the middle. So you're both putting the same amount of equal energy into it. And when I say equal energy, you know, that can be, again, for family members, partners and colleagues as well. In any friendships, it should be equal. The energy that you're putting in should be equal to the energy they're putting in. And if somebody's just emotionally dumping on you all the time, and you're being that, like, people pleaser or the one that's set no boundaries, then you're just going to get drained all the time and you're going to, again, low-key resent that person deep down because you're not setting any firm boundaries and you're being the so-called nice person, the people pleaser, because they're dumping all that emotional baggage on you. And again, that's not right. So, let's have a look. See if I've covered everything I wanted to talk about. <sighs> yeah, what are we expecting from others that we can meet ourselves? You know, are we expecting too much from others? Maybe people can't give us what we're expecting and we can give ourselves it instead. Or communicate it in a way that will allow them to understand our needs better. Right. Let go of the story you're telling yourself as well. 
You know, let go of the story you're telling yourself about your past, about your childhood, about any needs that weren't met, and choose to tell yourself a more positive story because you can change that story. You know, you maybe felt unloved growing up. You maybe weren't sort of, you didn't feel appreciated or you didn't feel like your parents were proud of you. You know, you maybe weren't even lucky enough to have parents. You maybe, you know, you maybe didn't. Um, don't use that to, to, you know, to pigeonhole you into a victim or feel hard done by because you are always deserving of love and you can always change your story into a more positive one. You always can. Because sometimes if you are too attached to the story of your past, you can that can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, if you don't feel worthy of love, then you will subconsciously attract what you think you deserve. So the best stance to always have is that you always deserve love. And try to deeply realise that with all of your being. All of your being deeply realise that. Because... You know, the subconscious is a very, very powerful thing. And until you make the subconscious conscious, it will dictate your life and you'll call it fate. So by that, essentially what I mean is, if there's something from the past that's holding you back, you will manifest that into the future by having that self-fulfilling prophecy. Because you'll always feel unworthy and you'll look for every single thing in life to prove that fact. Okay, so change the story. That's the most powerful message I can give you in any of the podcasts. Change the story. Choose to tell yourself a positive one. You are always worthy of love. Okay, so I'm going to end now by reading a poem I recently wrote, and it's just to sort of summarise what I've been reading tonight. Okay. The Shadow. The light side of us is what we show. But we all have some dark that's hidden below. What annoys us in others is in ourselves too. So when we are triggered, let's see it as a clue. Even our darkness can be channelled into good. When we don't suppress it, just to be understood. If we grew up among anger, it can make us exaggerate the kind. But what bubbles below will blow the lid off your mind. Once fully expressed... No emotion is bad, so integrate your darkness and stop resenting your dad. Aggression can be focused in a dance or some sports, a much better release than fighting angry thoughts. None of us are perfect, we're all capable of harm, so loving our flaws will remove any alarm. By integrating our whole self, there's no need for deceit, so accept both light and darkness, knowing we're always complete. Thank you for listening. Stay conscious, stay loving and stay true to yourself.